This week on Low Earth Orbit, we review Space Base DF9. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 34. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Justin Voss. I'm Steve Marmon. This week we're reviewing Space Base DF9. This is a space-based simulation game from developer Double Fine. It was originally based on an Amnesia Fortnite prototype from 2012. It's currently at Alpha 4, so it's still in heavy development. They're adding new features, they're fixing bugs. But we ran across it, and there's a lot of buzz on it right now. A lot of people playing it, talking about it, and we thought it's kind of right up our alley. I think actually we're contractually obligated to review any (laughs) space game or space movie. And the elements of gameplay that are present right now are you start to construct your your base out of sort of a a seed population of three and a certain set of materials they have to work with. And you continually grow the base, zoning out new areas like one area would be like life support, one area would be pub, another would be residence. And you assign tasks to the people that are on your roster for the, the, the space base. So you might like look at your list of people and say, well, this guy looks like he'd be a good candidate for mining. Or this guy would be a good candidate as a builder. And you eventually get more people on the base because they kind of stop by and say, hey, can we join your party? You know, they come in and then you can assign them new jobs and you're continually reevaluating what jobs people should have. And you're also sort of doing the secondary thing, which is going out and mining for resources so that you can continue your construction and sometimes you'll encounter hostels and you have to deal with that i think it's the gist of it steve um i will preface this by saying potentially you could be in love with this game because the the topic material right so it's theoretically it's some of the SimCity mechanics at a much more micro level so you're actually very aware of what the individuals are which is SimCity. you have you know hundreds of thousands or millions of people potentially so this is it's much more micro scale but it does have sort of the base building, city building kind of stuff. And it is space themed and there are kind of space things going on. So potentially you might really like the game. What do you actually think? Uh, well, it's actually more like The Sims. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's true. It's more like The Sims in space. Yeah, yeah you're just kind of, kind of like building out these rooms and people are, you know, you know, people get born like they do in The, in the Sims, which I, so I, which I was sort of surprised by. But maybe that's coming in later later version of the game. But yeah, you could collect these people and you build up these rooms. And I and I like The Sims. I played a lot of it. Oh, really? The original game. I okay. didn't really play The Sims two or three. Uh, but I, I like The Sims. And yeah, the you know the topic material was you know right up my alley. I I voted for reviewing this a couple of times. So uh, I thought it sounded really cool. And also this the name of it. I was like Space Base DF nine. That's clearly <laughs> a riff on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which yeah. is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So I'm like, this is gonna be so amazing. There's gonna be all sorts of like. You know, parody elements or in jokes and stuff. Nope, zero, not one. <laughs> Nothing at all related to Star Trek in this game so far, which is really disappointing. Aside from that, terrible disappointment, and also just the general disappointment from like, which is they have with most cross platform games, which is that they just don't do anything like correctly when it comes to gesture support or trackpads or anything Mac like. Like, you can't, 
you know, two, you, you can't actually pan with the trackpad. You know, like two finger, you know, swipes. In fact, zoom in and out yeah, like Google say, Maps. They'll, they'll zoom in and out. Yeah. You know. Um, Wait, no, zoom. Well, okay. So yeah. I use the magic mouse. It works on the magic mouse. Oh, it does not work on the trackpad. Yeah, the trackpad. Oh, okay. You know, you two finger swipes zooms you in and out, and you have to do ASDF to go and move around the camera. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, so I think that one specific issue is a bug because I got a help thing that popped up that said. That basically said you should be able to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. I don't mean. I, don't I, mean think was a... I mean, there's clearly a lot of bugs. Like, right? Like, I couldn't when I first opened up my Retina MacBook Pro. I got like one quarter of the screen size, which, which <laughs> luckily other people have run into as well. And so all you have to do is turn off your integrated graphics, and it will work again. So thank goodness for that. And definitely alpha. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> alpha software. There's lots. There's lots of bugs. You know, overall, I had a good time, but I, you know, I played it for a few hours. I kind of played it to the point where there didn't seem to be anything more for me to do after about two hours of play. I think it's just because it's, it's just not done. And so, you know, it's kind of fun for the two hours. It wasn't, like, super fun. It was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but at a certain point, like, there's just nothing more to do. You kind of have, you know, you have this space station. You have all your, you've zoned all the different rooms. And you have these people. And they're kind of doing their jobs. And they, they their skill levels improve. It doesn't really seem to make much difference in terms of how they do their jobs. And really how much skill they have. And then you run out of new things to, to build. And you can build more of the same old things you had before, which is not that exciting. Um, and then occasionally, like, meteors, like, come in and they like, destroy your station, which is kind of exciting. Like, I had that happen, and, like, they knocked out one of my airlocks. And pro tip, you should build multiple airlocks in your <laughs> space station. Because if you destroy one airlock and someone goes, goes there to try and fix it, they'll get sucked out. And all my people that were not killed by the meteor strikes were all sucked out into space. Which Has is anyone kind seen awesome. Bill? We should go check out Bill. <laughs> yes. I had a similar get sucked into space <laughs> incident. Uh, so is it? So here's, here's my main question. Are you... Are you interested to see where else the game goes, given that it's Alpha 4 right now and they potentially have a lot more to do? And are you going to be interested in playing it in the future? You know, if I, I hadn't really known it was Alpha and I hadn't seen the feature list of things that were coming, I think I would be done with this game. I was like, oh, it's sort of fun for a little while. And that was it, you know. And so uh, there's I think a good discussion we can have about, you know, how worthwhile it is to release games at this stage. Because I wasn't really, I thought oh, Alpha, oh, well, it's, it's just a buggy version. This is the final game. Is that you know, what Alpha means? I think Alpha, at least in games. Well, I mean, maybe there's a few missing features, but, well, but by and large, like, it's done, you know? And 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 so I was like, man, I'm not, not going to replay this again. But I saw their feature list, like, whoa, there's just, there's tons of really cool-looking stuff that could totally transform the gameplay if they actually do it on their, their list of coming features. And so I, having read that, I'm a little more excited to maybe come back in a later Alpha or Beta and see where they've gotten to. Um, but for now, it's definitely, it feels like it's missing something, and I wouldn't really recommend someone play it in its current form. Yeah, I think that, well, maybe we can blame Google for abusing the word beta because, um, you know, all their betas have always been, like, actually really polished products, you know, and so people's expectations have gone way up. But I don't know. I think that... Um, to well, me, and, and Kerbal, I mean, Kerbal is still alpha. And, and Kerbal, yeah, it's technically still in development, too, and it still has a somewhat playable experience. Um, but Kerbal has so much stuff. It has like, yeah. it's, it's an alpha, and it already has too much stuff. Right. Like, this game is an alpha. It has very little. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, in my head, I guess I think of alpha as being the point where it works but isn't done, and beta is the point where it's feature complete but not necessarily all the bugs have been squashed. That's my, like, sort of internal. Yeah, but, but even in alpha, like, the critical, you know, bulk of the features are in, right? Mm-hmm. Or is that, I don't know. That's something my experience. Yeah. For, me, for me, I think alpha would just be to the point where there aren't, like, it the the very very core is there but not necessarily all the stuff that you plan on building on top of it i guess like enough features are there that you can start using it but not enough that you actually consider it done i don't know 
it's kind of a fine line. Yeah. We can have, a, right. we can have a larger discussion, like you said, about whether or not it's even a good idea for games to come out at this stage. I think I had a really similar experience to Steve playing the game, which is that I think there's the kernel of a really fun, entertaining game in here. And there's a little bit of it there now, but not enough that I think I could really go out and encourage people to go pay money for the game today. Um, but I think there could be some cool stuff, you know. Um, but, you know, there's bugs and it just feels like they haven't totally figured out what you're going to do once you reach the point that Steve sounds like he's at, which is that, <laughs> well, he's built all the rooms and the little space station's kind of humming along and now what? Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about SimCity, right? Which is that when you get to a certain point in SimCity, the city is kind of like still doing its thing and now it's just kind of up to you to sort of invent what you want to do next. But at least SimCity has so many different kinds, of, you know, so many right. different kinds of buildings and things, and you and so many different specializations that you can you can keep going down these paths. Versus here, uh, you can exhaust the entire object library pretty quickly. Yeah. And then what else is there to do? I mean, I keep adding more and more plants, but <laughs> <laughs> which are shockingly expensive. I guess I mean they are very expensive. It's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it's just because it's not done. Like I think that presumably like maybe that's their goal is that like well we know that you know you'll run out of things to do in about three hours by the time we're done you'll run out of things to do in four hours like or i don't know but they could they could add more depth but like the guts i think are are kind of there so i don't know i i kind of have mixed feelings i think it it was entertaining when i played it but not entertaining enough to run out and be like you should totally play this game will, so, you, will you want to play it in the future when new versions come out yeah totally okay. yeah i think that as new versions come out I'll, I'll continue to come back to it i don't think i'll come back to it until another update comes out but I am actually, you know, curious to see where this will go because I think they could do some cool stuff here. Yeah. I am fully obsessed with this game, <laughs> like, <laughs> like truly addicted. I mean, I, I've been up late the last couple of nights playing because uh, I've been having so much fun with it. I think I think everything you say is true. You know, you you do. Um, I, I'm first off. Let me say I'm pretty sure I played a lot more than both of you. And the thing that may not be super clear, I don't know exactly what to talk about what your experiences were, but. Um, after you've been you've established your base for a while and sort of like annexed new ships and stuff um st- stuff kind of heats up in terms of the uh the aggression of hostiles mm. like i had one well I'll, I'll, I'll get into the details in a second but let, let me say what i do like about it um contrasted to my experience with kerbal which is you know again both alpha but whatever that means um kerbal to me felt like they they built this really sophisticated uh, physics engine, basically, or universe simulator or whatever, but sort of forgot the user experience, like, entirely, you know, and it would, that, that was the most frustrating thing to me, because I felt like they weren't meeting me in the middle. They weren't trying to say, all right, well, if you're willing to invest a little bit of time, you know, we'll, we'll help you through the process. It was just sort of like, you crashed, oh well, you know. I know that's not the actual the intention, but that was the feeling I was left with. The thing I like about this, about Space Base, is that it feels like the methodology is totally different, it seems like they kind of wanted to build a really solid, approachable, accessible core game and, you know, have basically the, the core parts working and then add the content on top of that, which I think is going to result in a much a, a much more mainstream game, you know, as opposed to Kerbal, where it's like w- once you get over the entire the, the very steep learning curve, then, yes, there's a million things you can do, um, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard to get there. So. I I had I think what I really like about the game in its current state is I didn't have any crashes or anything like that. There were some bugs, but you know nothing nothing worse than what I had in Kerbal. And um, I can I see where they're going with it, you know, and that makes me really really excited. Particularly if you look be- what the deltas are between like Alpha Three and Alpha Four, tons of content was added. And I, I looking just at the feature list and, and thinking about you know what if they just add ten more of these things as opposed to just having this one. I think it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Even as the game stands today, I'm was having so much fun playing it because it's exactly the type of thing 
I've wanted for so long, you know, like something that was like based in space, but sort of had some of the SimCity mechanics, but maybe was a little bit more zoomed in just so you didn't have this, this massive thing. The SimCity style macro might actually also be fun. Um, but just that, like the, the personality of the different characters and like the dialogue is actually really funny and um, the art style is pretty cool. The other thing that you may not know going in is that there's sort of this this parallel game, which is like an empathy game. Because if you if you look at your workers, you can actually figure out, well, why are they not doing a good job? And you can do that by one, looking at what their their expertise level is for the job that they're on. But also you can look at like their basically their Facebook history and they will just tell you like yeah. how they how they feel about things. Yeah, and I but and I saw that and I but it didn't feel like it made much of a difference. Like whether they were like happy or sad or how their skill level was or anything. Like I, I like, you know, leveled some people way up and it didn't seem like it made any difference. It makes really. it makes a huge difference. And the um mm. like the the most the most obvious difference to me, I mean I not not having explicitly looked for that, but the one I definitely could tell was the technicians. So if the technicians are like two star, they will have a really hard time keeping anything running. Like if each visit, they won't up the the maintenance level of any particular device that much. But the four and five star guys will just level things. I mean, they will just fix everything left and right. And I actually got into a state kind of in one of my first attempts at the at the base where like I had tons of like uh, life support systems, like all the oxygen recyclers, but they were all breaking down because I didn't have any good technicians, you know. And I, I started looking at them. And I'm like, oh, well, this guy is like miserable. <laughs> so he's not really able to fix anything. So I was like, oh, he just wanted like a place to work out, you know, and he wanted like a pub to socialize in. Um, and if you start looking through the forums and kind of the breakdown of the strategy guides, there's a lot of uh, subtle stuff that I didn't realize that was going on. One of the posts I found talked about the fact that if you give somebody, for example, a builder or uh, sorry, a miner, if they're going to go out and mine and their their skill levels at like one and they have this huge pile of stuff to mine um, they will maybe just commit suicide. So they will oh, just they will just suffocate themselves out in space and not come back in because they're they're very, you know they're super sad. They're not able to do their job and they're like oh this isn't worth it. And two, I had that ha- almost happen twice. Two guys almost almost uh, asphyxiated outside of the uh, of the cabin. There's a lot of stuff like that. And yeah, I, I, I mean, th- I guess I, like I don't know. For me, I, it wasn't like none of that ended up being like a particularly big problem in terms of like i you know started out, i kind of basically went through the different rooms in order of what kind of needed like life support first and then beds stuff like that and people were like pretty much always pretty happy yeah and it was never like much of a wow. challenge i wasn't like fighting people like being depressed and stuff it was like i was able to build new stuff at a pretty quick 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 rate with my miners and you know grow the space the space station and cover all the bases and everyone was really you know all their needs were met and, I was, and that's where I was at. I kind of like I had got to this point where I was like, well, I, keep, I can get, in, get in more and more residents and then I need more beds and things. Yeah. But I wasn't like I didn't feel like there was some like, there's there something missing from the gameplay. There was no like challenge of like, oh, I need to fight this person's depression. Like, what can I do to like make him you know better or whatever? It, I just didn't it wasn't like there's some sort of constant well, I th- game I th- to be played I there. A totally different experience. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> like, well, I just first of all, it was it was way too tedious to find that information. Like you have to click on each individual person. And then look at their little. Face I agree with that. Face. I agree like, with that. It, was, yeah. it would be a lot easier if there was like a little icon above their head. Well, or well you can't hover over them, and they'll say how, what their current mental state is. They'll say very sad. Is that readable for you? Absolutely. Oh, for me, it was oh, like it was yeah, like it was half impossible a pixel to tall. See. You couldn't read. Oh, really? Yeah. Been the, oh, you have to zoom in. We had to zoom in way in. I want to see the whole base. Like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, I don't, that's fair. I don't like that's being fair. zoomed in so far. Yeah. So, but the, the text scales down to match the scale of the base. Like, so it's unreadable. Like, it would be nice if they could fix that. But then, secondly, the construction that I did to try to like you know. Uh, fix those issues. Yeah. Didn't do anything. It's like, oh, I want socialization. Build a pub. I want socialization. Go to the 
freaking pub then. No, 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 like, no, no, no. So, so I want like a place to work out and build a fitness. Center. Like all those things that I tried to do to like do that stuff never actually made any difference in the population's like overall happiness. I, I had I had the exact same experience for the first kind of few rounds, and there's a couple. I, maybe you did the same things. First off, the, the the highest level thing here is I think there's an element of randomness. Like I think each person, if you look at you know if you look at their info, it, it talks about sort of their personality traits, mm-hmm. and potentially you can have a situation where you're doing everything right. But just because of the personality traits, they're never going to be happy. It may have been that you kind of won the genetic lottery with your people where they just sort of were predisposed to being happy. Because I, I definitely had runs like that where it was like, man, everybody's pretty much doing fine. Another one, specifically, I had a case where my bartender was miserable. Like, literally all she did all day was sleep. She would get up for like an hour and then go back to sleep, which on the surface seems like it's not a problem. But here's the problem. If she is sleeping, there's no one to go harvest the crops, put them in the refrigerator, uh, put them on the stove, cook them. So they had one bartender? Well, I just didn't have enough people at that point. Oh, yeah. So the, so the, because there was nobody to harvest the crops, put them in the refrigerator, then cook them at the stove and serve them at the restaurant, people were starving. And then everybody was miserable. Mm-hmm. So it was this weird like house of cards but, thing. So, so you didn't have food replicators to back up? Which it helps a little bit. But the, there's a drastic difference in their hunger level if you actually address it with actual yeah, yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, But because these people were just sort of hovering above like basically enough food. Like, they just weren't getting very good at anything else. And it was just because of the bartender. The bartender was not available because she was miserable. She was just predisposed, like, to being sad. Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, this, this, is, this is the primary game mechanic, really, of The Sims. It's all these, you know, people's sort of needs, you know, and the way they end up with each other and all, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I think that one of the flaws of this game is that it has such a poor job of surfacing that. Like, if you really are in tune with it and you really look look out for it and you're mm-hmm. also lucky enough to have miserable enough people to, for there to be a challenge, <laughs> then there's, a, there's then that, that comes an important part of the gameplay. But for me, it was basically not an not important part of the gameplay at all. It didn't really matter. Like, I... I was, once I built everything, everyone was happy. I was out of interesting challenges to go, uh, you know, uh, to keep me in the game. Did you? And, did, and for you, it was buried enough that it didn't even seem like it was, you know, part of the game, you know. And I think that, like, it, yeah. you know, it, it needs to be surfaced more, and it needs to, it needs to not be as easy, or at least, or at least, that genetic lottery shouldn't be so easy to win, right? <laughs> like, if they want the, I guess we're not. Can we be sure this is the game that they want? Like, do they want to make it a game about managing all these people's attitudes or not? Because it seems like right now they haven't decided. Well, I think it's it's one of the facets of it. I think it's supposed to be something that takes it beyond, you know, what... I haven't played enough Sims to say how similar it is to that. It sounds like it's very similar. But I think it's just a different dimension, you yeah. know, that they want to explore. I guess if they want it to be a core game mechanic, it needs, it needs some more tweaking. I, I think yeah. I think you'd say that about a lot of stuff. I mean... The it's really interesting. So, did Steve? Did you play just? Did you just have one base? Did you just do one attempt? I did. I did like four bases. Okay. What about you? I just did the one and had a very close to near death experience where I was down to one person who technically should have died about five times because <laughs> like there's a little countdown time where it's like they're going to starve in thirty seconds and I'm like yeah they're screwed like <laughs> there's no way and we get to zero. And it would reset to 30 seconds. Oh. And it did that like six times in a row until finally like some more people was arrived. He, was he a cat race? <laughs> no, it was just a, regular, just a regular person. But like, I don't know why. I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to find out how you lose the game. Like, I guess if all of your people die. Actually, you, no, you still don't die because yeah. you can still new people show up. So you just sit there with an empty base? Yeah. Maybe because eventually somebody will show up. Because oh, yeah. yeah. you're the administrator. Yeah. Right? My, my how first, do you not die? Yes. <laughs> And what happened to my first base where, I mean, the, my pr- problem with my first base was, well, actually, maybe my second base. I don't know. The first base, I, I couldn't figure out how to, like, make an airlock. So I built this base. It was a little confusing at first. And, and I needed, like, airlock doors. They told me I needed airlock doors. And yeah. I was, like, hunting through. And, I, and meanwhile, like, you know, these people, like, 
they've they've traveled like 35,000 years to get there. And then once they get there, they're like, I can't find the keys. Eight minutes of oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) We've been alive for 35,000 years in this pod, but we can't keep them alive for more than eight minutes once they've left the pod. But whatever. So they're like floating up for eight minutes. I'm trying to figure out how to like, you know, build these airlock doors. And it's not under airlock. Like, where are the airlock doors? doors. It's under doors. It's under doors. It is so frustrating, and they all suffocated before that. (laughs) Um, So, so I had a really different, interesting experience. I had, and actually, as of even pretty some of my later games, I had punishing levels of difficulty. Like a couple of things that happened was early on. Yeah, my guys were just sort of like I built one life support, uh, whatever uh, recycler. And they're the three guys, and they jump in, and they're like, "Oh, this looks good. This looks good. Holy crap, we're suffocating!" And start freaking out. Yeah, yeah, this, cannot convince them to build another one because they're freaking out. That was so. Fr- it had happened to me for like yeah. my second base. We're like, "Yeah, I built just one," and then they just ride around in panic <laughs> until they all died. And, that, and then, and then all these ships kept coming by. I thought, well, maybe I, I could get some new people if the ships will like stop. None of them stopped. <laughs> one or another. People running around screaming. They're like, we don't want any part of that. <laughs> but yeah, the, the actually the best example of that is I had a, I had a fairly good base. I had like say. I don't know, 16, 18 people or something like that. And it was, it, I was just like one short of my O2 max. So I had like, I don't know, four, four recyclers and some people show up. And sometimes depending on where you choose your base, which we should talk about in a second, it can be pretty rare that somebody shows up, but like having people is the the only way that anything happens. So I was kind of like, mm, I'm going to kind of risk it and say, you know, I'll push it past my maximum with the idea that they're going to immediately start building something as soon as they get in. So I, I, I had the two guys, let the two or three people in. That was two over my maximum, and the oxygen was just barely hovering at the right level, and then it just it went below like the the point of no return. So what happened was, even though I had told them build an oxygen recycler, it'll be done in like fifteen seconds, you know. <laughs> Instead, what I have is an entire base of twenty people running around using up the oxygen because they're freaking out and they're like, "We're gonna die! We're gonna die!" I'm just like, just one person, stop. Build an oxygen recycler, but they just all asphyxiated because they all used up all the oxygen in the place. And would they just like put on their spacesuits in the space station, which they do at some other points? Well, in the game yeah, when you first construct. Yeah, the they're level. too busy panicking. Honestly, I mean that's yeah. that's which is sort of entertaining. It takes less than eight minutes to build the oxygen recycler. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. I know. It's really frustrating. I did have one other scenario where the, I had uh, in, in an effort to put out a fire. I had locked mm. these the oxygen one of the oh, i did that all the time that yeah. was my only that was my only way to fight fires was just to seal off the yeah. oxygen well they'll, the they'll stamp it out and stuff but but i did have one one case where i did that and some i don't know how it happened i must have not been paying attention but two of the guys got stuck in there mm-hmm. so i i was just going about my business going about my business and all of a sudden they just go eh, and they both fall over i'm like what the hell happened and i had cut off the oxygen and they ended asphyxiated mm, yeah. so there was there was a lot of suffocation yeah <laughs> i had a i had a couple bad situations the problem with like the people putting out the fires themselves is that I, they almost always got killed. Like, whoever went in there to go put out the fire would almost always themselves really? get fire Really? You don't have fire extinguishers? Well, I, I learned the hard way. Oh. <laughs> and so eventually they had fire extinguishers, but those weren't always super effective either if it was, like, a really big fire. So I had a situation like that where I'm like, well, I'll just shut down oxygen to that section and it'll be fine. And I didn't realize that, I guess, like, the way it divvies up the oxygen to the space station is there has to be, like, a like continuous route, like, yeah. between the oxygen machines and the room. So there's some guys who... They were in, like, the fitness center. And the only way to get to the fitness center was to go through this other room that the oxygen had turned off on. Yeah. So I turned the oxygen off in this one room. I had inadvertently turned off all the oxygen in the fitness center. <laughs> and so these two guys, like, lifting weights, just dead. 
<laughs> Could you spot me? Oh, you're dead. That's unfortunate. Uh, but no, I had I had so many things, like so many challenges. So I, I had uh, there was constant asteroid issues. I I, yeah, I, mean, I had a lot of asteroid issues, but I was always except for the fir- except for the first one when I, I barely started my base and then yeah. it knocked my airlock doors, you know, out and then everyone else looked out of space <laughs> and then no one would come by and like save my you know come back. No, no, there couldn't get any like new astronauts to like come and yeah. visit. So I gave up on that one. But like once I like kind of got past that, like I did like double airlocks. I had fire extinguishers. I had always like always had at least one or two extra oxygen recyclers more than I needed. Mm-hmm. And then like it, fires were easy to put out. People so, didn't run out of oxygen. So did like, you not I mean, to... I had enough enough that was big enough that you know asteroids hitting me wouldn't kill everybody. I just there nothing like all that bad or you know ever happened. Did you not get like pirates and like kill bots and everything? Uh, no. I had some pirates come by one time. That was sucked. Like, their guns were so much stronger than my security yeah. guys' no, guns. They just, like, plowed through the I whole I had so many people that, like, they were like, oh, we're, you know, we, you know, we, we want to come plunder. And we're like, uh, no. They're like, okay. And then they left. No, but sometimes Every- they won't accept your, your advice. Or they, they will just come in Sometimes anyway. they'll dock anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had one person die because there was a derelict that came by. I, I like the derelict, derelict concept is really cool. I like yeah, that yeah. a lot. And then they, I sent one of my put a beacon over there, and sent one of my security people over there. And then there were there was like oh, some monsters. weird like monsters in there, and yeah. they ate my guy. <laughs> <laughs> happened to me too. Yeah. And then I had another derelict come by, and it was full of I think friendlies that were like starving to death, but like they wouldn't come over to my you know ship or, or join you, my crew. You, you can just you build a, a replicator there. Did you do the thing where you claim the territory? No. Yeah. I, if there's I, a flag, you have to you have to say yeah, I want to take this on. Oh, I, yeah. I couldn't figure out how to do it. I, I, I clicked it's all around obvious. everywhere and clicked yeah. on my people, or the people you, that were there, and they're like, "I'm so hungry! <laughs> like, come to my station. We have lots of food." <laughs> you, did, you just click on so any anywhere where you, when they explore something, you'll see a little red flag show up once your security yeah. guys explored it. You just click on the zone, and then in the inspector, you just click claim, and then it's part of your base, even though it's not physically connected. But it's like a, it's like a a Puerto Rico to your, <laughs> your mainland U.S., you know? Uh, yeah, I didn't figure out how to do that. It's, so it's I, not I, super I, obvious. But. So I just, well, they all died. <laughs> but, but I had, I mean, I can't tell you all the things I ran into challenge-wise. Like, I, I was legitimate. I mean, like, say 15% of the time, it was punishing difficulty. Like, I had one parasite jump on the station and just start eating everybody. Oh, I didn't see I that. Had, I, didn't have that. I had pirates. I had, a couple times I played, and I had asteroids constantly. Like, the base was just constantly on fire. And another time I had, and this this is the point. I, I maybe it's just you have to play long enough to hit this, but um, I had some people show up and they do the normal like, oh, we're not here to kill you. You should just let us in. Usually you say no. Mm-hmm. I said no. They still docked, and it was a ship of like eight killbots that just rampaged through the base. Like they shot down doors. They shot out all my security people. They're basically invulnerable. And I was like, oh crap! I have no people left because they've killed them all, and I can't kill these things. So I'm really surprised you found no, it I easy because I I, 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 didn't, I didn't have any of that happen. I mean, I'm just like no killbots, no pirates that came on board. I don't know. I mean, I wish I would have had those things happen. It would have been more interesting. But like, I, I just it felt very like you know. I mean, that, that stuff doesn't happen in The Sims, right? The Sims is all about managing the, so, the <laughs> no so, killbots in The yeah. Sims. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about managing like the social cons- you know pro- issues of all of your people, right? Yeah. And then building out your house and getting, getting yeah. possessions and all that stuff and having you know having babies and you know all these life things, right? So. <laughs> That's basically what the game was. Except that the people were always happy, and I just kept adding more and more, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of boring." Like I just I aside from yeah. the two derelicts that came, and yeah. you know, the one wasn't that bad. It was just there was one weird monster on well, there. So, so the other thing is, it matters a lot. So when you first start the game, you get to choose where you want to put your space mm-hmm. station. It makes a huge impact on the way your game plays out because you can choose something with like high uh, mineral con or not mineral content, but you know, high star cluster you content. More minerals. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, but that also means you get more asteroid storms. And if you have high magnetic interference, then that means you get more derelict ships. Yeah, can, I, had, I had the high magnetic interference one. Yeah, so you probably got a lot of ships. And then, like, uh, proximity to the warp gate means... And I, and I had high proximity to warp gate, too. What about your threat level? It was uh, low or semi-low. Okay. That. I must have chosen the wrong one because I, I had. I mean, maybe I should try playing it on the high one because I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, that that adds more of you know a different element of gameplay that was missing. Yeah, it was because I mean intense. <laughs> like I, I mean, I, I lost probably at least four bases to pe- like pirates. Yeah, uh, never any pirates. Okay, well. Um. Anyway, so I, I mean, I love the game, and I, I guess what I would say is right now, if if it was never they were never going to add anything else to the game, I think I would basically agree with what you guys are saying, which is that it's a good game. You know, you can get a few hours of enjoyment out of it. But the thing I'm really excited about is I think it's a really solid and accessible core. And you can see, you know, just if you look at sort of the the different things that you can build, how there's some some obvious emissions, right? You can just build a plant. By the way, I think it's really funny that it's not called a bed. It's a space bed and space yes. dresser and yes. space rug. So, uh, space rug. Yeah. So, so I think I think it's I think it's it's it stands to reason that they're gonna add they're gonna fill those categories out. You know, I'm really excited to play, you know, the future versions of the game based on that and different character classes. And if you look at the list, you can see where they're going with it. Um, so I think I'm going to really love it. And right now I think it's, it's fun. I like it a lot and I'm, I'm ad- addicted to the concept. Um, so, so, I mean, I, yeah, I guess maybe I would agree that it's maybe a little hard to say flat out recommend play right now, just because there is a lot of game content yet to come, but I think it's for sure something that's on my radar now that was not on my radar before. And I'm really excited to play the future versions. Yeah, totally. I think that, um, people should keep an eye on it. And when it gets closer to being released or when it is, you know, 1.0, then I think it's, yeah, it'll probably be a, a a really good game. As it stands today, though, it's kind of hard to rush out. It's a little yeah. sparse. Yeah, particularly for twenty five dollars, isn't? I mean, yeah. I, I feel like. I mean, yeah, maybe if I picked a harder area, that'd be more than two hours of gameplay. But it seems a little bit hard to justify that much for yeah. just a couple of hours. But I, 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 I love I, the immigration shuttles, by the way. The ones that are like, yeah. oh, do you require a deposit? You know, yes. if you have pets. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that dialogue is actually really funny, and uh, I can't believe I'm still shocked that because I can't. I had one giant caterpillar kill all my people. I had killbots kill my people. I had pirates kill my people. Yeah, it was just built in a different area than either. I one. had. You, you always pick the same area when you're no, it? no. I, well, so I, I had all the different areas. Like some that were, you I know, some that had, you know, really, you know, like, uh, you know, lots of ships that came by. Some that got, you know, lots of derelicts. Some that were really high in asteroids and also meteor showers. And I tried all the combinations. I thought, and I. <laughs> Never had that. Yeah, I, had. I just said no, thank you to the pirates, and they left. Just, yeah. I think I was like, well, that was that was hard. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I was like, I think why do I have these good people again? You know, yeah, do anything. How how so? How many hours do you think you play total? Two or three. Okay, I think maybe they ramp it up in difficulty as you as you get a little bit deeper into it because I I mean it got really hard yeah. in some in some places, and I definitely had cases where. It was just like I was like living in like the asteroid version of London where it was just constantly raining like asteroids every every five minutes asteroid storm. And people were like on fire constantly. And sometimes I hadn't even recovered from the previous asteroid storm while I was still like while there was new asteroid yeah. storms coming down. No, I had a few asteroid storms. and Really? Holy and, crap. you know, people died and things got broken and I fixed them and new people came. Wow, and that's so fascinating. I feel like mine were really regular. I feel like yeah. I was just constantly like, oh, I just set my watch to the meteor I know, storms right, so yeah. often. Yeah. That's, yeah. So how many would you say you had total throughout your entire play? Uh, three. Oh, holy wow. shit. Are you serious? Yeah. No, I had like more than a dozen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. easily. I probably had more like 30. Wow. 
I, I don't know. I guess I just you got lucky. <laughs> need to pick more dangerous places to place my wow, station. That's, that's really bizarre. Well, I mean, I can understand how it'd be a totally different game if like nothing. So no pirates, no asteroids, no killbots, no parasites. That does yeah, kind of boring, yeah it is, it is, it's, it's wow. a place that, like you know the Sims, but with with you know you know people are generally all happy all the time anyway. So. Don't need to do much That's, to keep them happy. I wonder so. why the floor on difficulty should be a little higher. Yeah, like maybe and the ceiling should be a little bit lower. Maybe, it, yeah, but like maybe even the safe areas should be a little bit more dangerous or a little bit more whatever, yeah. just so you're not totally like, well, glad to <laughs> Here see we are. everything is still great. <laughs> Space Mayberry. Uh... <laughs> It's like Pleasantville, the space game. Yeah, totally. <laughs> What's at the end of the pub? Oh, it's the beginning of the fitness center. <laughs> Pleasantville joke. All right. So if you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. You can also find us on Twitter at lowearthshow. And if you're curious about anything we talked about in the show, you want to find links to it, you can go to lowearthorbit.fm, where we meticulously collect all of the individual things we talk about during the show. All right. Talk to you next time. There's this really interesting blog post I read by someone who has a game on Steam. I can't remember which game it is. But basically, his whole pricing strategy is that the price only ever goes up. He never puts the game on sale. And it started out at, like, I don't know, a dollar. And basically, every week, he, like, raises the price a little bit more. And so there's this incentive to buy, like, you know, if you think you're interested in the game at all, you should buy it, like, on the spot because the price will never be lower. And he deliberately doesn't participate in these Steam sales and doesn't participate in this other stuff. So it's like a reward for being an early adopter Yeah, is that you get, like, this really sweet low price. I think uh, – well, so Pinboard works that way. I, I don't remember for sure, but I think Minecraft might work that way early on. Oh, yeah. I think Kerbal is still doing that or did do that where it's, like, the sooner you got in on it, the lower the price you got, I think, mm-hmm. for Kerbal. Um, but I don't know. I think it's kind of – it's kind of interesting, like, way to do it because – I don't know. They plan on selling the full game for $25 when it comes out. Like, do we get a deal by buying it now? Or is this no idea. what the full retail price is going to be? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you, you know, it's, it's funny. I think a lot of the a lot of the complaints that we have now are, are just the main complaint, which is, you know, lack of content. Um, I think you could have said all that same stuff about Minecraft, you know, in, in the early versions in like the 2011 version of Minecraft and it exploded. And yeah. And it just, con- you know. I don't understand the Minecraft phenomenon, to be perfect. Oh, really? I just don't think it's very entertaining for very long like i think well, when was the last time you played it though uh like over the christmas break oh okay yeah. yeah so i don't know i mean i played with my brothers and we set up a server and we were running around and doing some stuff and after about an hour or two i was like okay i've had enough minecraft last me another year and they're like going nuts and they're building all this stuff with redstone like these really sophisticated like my brother could be an electrical engineer with the amount of stuff he does in Redstone. Like, he just does these incredibly elaborate, like, you know, mechanisms that he does with it. And they're doing all this really, really, you know, involved stuff. And there's on it all the time. And I just don't, I guess I don't understand, like, how Minecraft blew up. Because, I don't know, I guess, like, the retro sort of, like, look is kind of charming. Like, there's parts of it that I get, like, the survival aspect of it I kind of get. But, like, overall, I don't know. I just don't understand how people put, like, hundreds of hours into Minecraft. Because like, it doesn't seem like there's that much there to, like, keep you coming back. That's, yeah, that's really surprising. I, I would think it would be dead center of your interests. because It sounds like it should be. I don't know. I just I can't bring myself to actually sit and play Minecraft. Like, I never, I've never, I think, ever been like, you know what I want to do? Play some Minecraft. Really? Like, yeah, I don't know. Just something about it. Like, I feel like there's a structure or something there that would be cool. You know, the idea that, like, you have to carve yourself into this place that's kind of hostile it, it, i guess there is a lot there in the sense that isn't there like some other like world you can like warp to if you build like the, a gate there are and, two others actually yeah, yeah. So there's there's that kind of stuff which is interesting but like i don't know i just i guess 
me it feels like a lot of grinding i guess minecraft i feel like is like grinding the game it's like hmm. you dig down and to do anything interesting you need like tons of gold or you need tons of whatever and you just spend all day just like click 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 like mining all these resources out of the ground in order to be able to do anything well you don't have, i mean there's a sandbox mode where you can just do whatever you want but yeah what's the point of that that's not a game anymore like <laughs> well, I mean, it is in the same sense that lego is a game yeah so. well it's a toy right i mean like it's a fine line yeah i don't know i mean well so they just passed past the 100 million registered user for desktop alone i don't argue that's popular no no i'm just saying but so uh, if you played minecraft in 2011 Mm -hmm. it it was lacking a substantial amount of the content that it has today and they're still adding stuff so i guess my assumption is that they're going to continue to add to space based df9 in the same way and based on just the delta between a3 and a4 that seems to be the way it's going so i'm I'm really excited about where that's going to end up as far as the sort of the the macro issue about does it make sense to release a game in alpha state? I mean, you know, commercial success alone, I think, is suggests that um, with, of Minecraft suggests that it's probably going to be that in the future. I mean, Kerbal for sure is like that. Minecraft is like that. Yeah. Um, Starbound is another one that's like. Are we that. just picking the winners here? I mean, like, how many games come out in an alpha or beta state and just languish? Like, well, do we know what that proportion is relative to the hits? Like- uh, well, I think I think there's also something to be said about the genre. Right, so if it if it's something that is a building kind of game, mm-hmm. um, I think anything that would it, it, it tends to be the ones I think that would we're going to be popular no matter what anyway. Right. You know, in other words, if if the final game was destined to be popular because the idea and the implementation is so good, right. then there's no harm in releasing early versions so that people can play it and contribute to it and whatever. Uh, unless people play the early versions and they're like, oh, this is kind of disappointing, they they kind of forget about it and don't recommend it to their friends and if they would have played the more awesome later version they'd be like well, this is so cool and i've played like this all night long you know what i mean like yeah. like i think there's a very good chance i'm gonna forget about this game and i mean maybe it'll, it'll you know seem will spam me when new versions come out and i'll be re- reminded to go and play it again but it'll probably be a while before it's really to the level i want it to be at and you know i'm not gonna go you know, evangelizing it in the meantime Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, this is the first time I've really had I, played a, an alpha game, so maybe maybe it'll all work out. But I feel like, again, if I hadn't actually like looked at what's coming up, I would just sort of imagine that it wasn't be like this, you know, a little more polished, a few more, you know, fill in some gaps and add some more features. But, you know, the core game, eh, not that compelling. And then I would not come back to it. I think, I think there's been a cultural shift, though, for what the expectations are about alpha software and, like, what the development process is. Minecraft was definitely the first. Kerbal has only reinforced it. And Starbound has enforced it even more so. So I think, you know, in a vacuum, I think what you're saying is true. But I think if people just who are aware of what's going on in the industry and what we know how games are being developed now, I think there's a new expectation, which is that you understand you're paying for whatever the game is now with the understanding that in the future it's probably going to be something much bigger if, if the, the core idea is good enough. And I think Space Base is an example of the core idea is good. Um I wonder how much this attitude is going to change when there's a really high-profile game that takes a lot of people's money and then never actually ships. Uh, like, Star Citizen is a really interesting example. So yeah. it, it passed, I think, if it hasn't, it's just about ready to pass $40 million in sort of... It started on Kickstarter, but yeah. it's ex- extended beyond that. Yeah. Incredibly aggressive idea. Mm-hmm. It's basically, you know, every space game that we've talked about and played, like, you know, all the Kerbal stuff in there, all the space-based DF9 stuff in there, all you know, any... You, you, I actually don't know a ton about the game. I haven't read up on it real closely, but it, it's basically you're taking on the role of being a person in this immerse or uh, immense, you know, immersive universe, um, and all that entails. And, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's got to be the biggest. This isn't just Eve online. I mean, what makes it different? No, well, see, I think I think with Eve, you're you can't like you're ultimately just piloting the spaceship, right? Like you can't be an individual 
like walking oh, wow. around on the planet and everything like that. And okay. I think that's what Star Citizen is, oh, okay. you know. Yeah. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see what happens in that case because that yeah. that's you know the biggest one by far, and, and it just keeps pulling in more and more money and more and more aggressive. Yeah, because it seems like I mean I don't know just with the list of games that we've been talking about that have done sort of this early release thing. Yeah, there <clears throat> the trains already left left the station on most of those games. Like you could already know that they are going to be popular by the time that we hear about them. Yeah. Right? They've already crossed the threshold into popularity and likelihood to be finished. Yeah. So I wonder, is there any number of games who collect, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand people's money to do an alpha and they just sort of fizzle out? And is that... I don't know. Number one, is that happening? Number two, is that happening enough that people are sort of going to get turned off of alpha games eventually? Where it's like, well... You know, I bought these 10 games and only, you know, four of them ever actually turned into products, finished products at all. And of the four that did, only two of them turned into games that I actually would be willing to recommend to people. Like, I, I just, I'd be curious to know what the numbers are for that kind of stuff. Because if this does become a trend where, you know, the majority of games have these early releases, not all of them are going to get it finished. You know, and I think eventually that might start to sort of, there's going to be a feedback the other way where it's like, well, maybe you need to think about you know, plunking down money for a game that you know isn't finished, and now you're thinking about the risk that it may never be finished. Yeah. Because as it stands today, like, I, there's probably no way Space Base won't ship, right? And there's basically no way that Kerbal won't ship, and there's basically no way that any of these other beta games won't ship. But I wonder if people start getting used to the idea of plunking down money for unfinished games, that won't always be true. Because they'll start plunking down money for games that probably won't ship well i think i think there's yeah i think i think there's no risk of it being the majority and i think it really comes down to it has to be in sort of based on current evidence i think it has to be sort of in the genre of building something because you want to have something you know kerbal you can build your spaceship minecraft you can build whatever Mm -hmm. you know starbound you're again building kind of a base minecraft kind of thing Mm -hmm. space base you're building something so it's it's sort of like if if there's no narrative quality to it like you're not getting spoilers or whatever Mm -hmm. Then it's sort of more conducive to that approach. You well, know? I was actually going to argue that I, I kind of like the Kentucky Route Zero approach better, where it's like you have two, the first two of five parts that are in fact done, and you can fully enjoy them, and they're not, you know, and you're just sort of waiting to, for the next installment, right. TV show style, you know. And in some ways, that may be more crushing if they don't finish it, because you'll never know how it was going to end. Mm-hmm. But at least it doesn't feel like you're having a subpar experience in the meantime. You just haven't had the complete experience. But it, and I feel like with with this game, I'm having a subpar experience in the hope that maybe someday I'll have a better experience. But it's not guaranteed. Versus as long as Kentucky Zero doesn't go, doesn't go, you know, they don't they don't just drop development of it. It's gonna ha- it's going to continue with this experience, and it's going to be a good experience all the way through. Well, but with Kentucky Route Zero, you you play it for a few hours and then you're done. Which is definitely not the case with Minecraft, and I don't think the case with Space Base or any of these other ones. It's you can keep, even if nothing else happens, you can keep having a new game over and over and over again because you start a new base, you start a new world, you start a whatever. Well, with, I would say that Space Base. I mean, the difficulties aside, and you know, with maybe the location aside, I did play it for two hours, and that's, that's okay. It, fair right? enough, but I mean, I mean, the principle in, in a more macro yeah. scale, like if, if it's an open world sandbox game, you can keep making your own game, right? And mm-hmm. you can have a different experience every time. Other than small differences, you're really not going to have a different experience in Kentucky Route Zero, famously. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know if that is... I, I think they're two different things. You know, it, one is episodic, you know, and one is more sort of open-ended. We don't know where this is going to go as as a user of it or whatever. The the one other thing I was going to say was with the uh, question about, you know, will it finish, will it ship or whatever? I think the thing that's up in the air right now is what does that even mean right in the future? Minecraft, I think... Some people think that it went to 1.0 just because they felt they needed to call it that. Mm. But there was no, there was nothing. It was 
demonstrably different with 1.0 versus like the previous, you know, few releases. Other than the fact that I think it technically had a, a final boss, but that mm-hmm. was even that felt all right. You know, yeah. how many people play with that right. in mind? So, I yeah, I don't know. I just I'm just curious about this whole trend. Like, why has this become a trend? I wonder. Like, why is it that more and more, or it just seems like there's an increasing number of games that are doing this model where they release the game before it's done with bugs, you know, in these really early states, is it just, is it just for the money or do they, I mean, are they getting useful feedback from people? Like what's, what's the, as a, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of like a game developer, what's the incentive to release this game early? Cause I feel like there's the two sides. It's like what Steve described, which is that there may be some people who see it in its buggy state and just never come back. But then there might be also people, you know, who, um, you know, really get on board with it. I don't know. I mean, you get some money from them and you maybe get some, you know, feedback that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But like, is that a solid trade-off? I guess I'm curious to know why this has become a thing. Well, I think it's become a thing. I think there's two main factors. One is, uh, again, not to harp on it over and over again, but I mean, Minecraft has been insanely financially successful. Is it just a copycat, isn't it? I mean, do people well, just see I, that Minecraft did it and because Minecraft did it and was successful, ergo, they should do it and be successful? Bird syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't, I don't think that's fair at all. I mean, it, it's all, in all these cases, all the games that we've talked about, they're, they're unique ideas and they're contributing something. It's not like they're just doing, oh, we should do a Minecraft clone. There are Minecraft clones, but none of the ones that we're talking about. So I think there's, they're seeing that that is a possible venue to get their ideas out there. And I, I think the way to, you know, the way I think about it is if you're a game developer... A lot of these games that come out like AAA titles for consoles and everything like that, you basically get one shot for people to know, you know, it's released in March 2014. The game comes out, tons and tons of buzz for maybe three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then it's, you know, sort of peters off after that. And you can have DLC and whatever and sort of comes back on the radar for a little bit and then peters back out. But basically, that's your one shot. And like if that Metacritic score is not high enough. Those people, A, are not going to make make their money back potentially, but also the studio can just get laid off. You know, so you get that one every everything is like this this hyper focused like week or whatever or month where you must succeed within that window if you want to do anything else. Right. The difference with these other games where you're kind of doing that the alpha process mm-hmm. is that there's far less risk up front for the developer and maybe maybe more on the user, but you're getting that opportunity to kind of build a, an audience over time. You yeah. know, in a sense, it's sort of like you're building a relationship with your users. They want to know what's the next release going to have, what's the next release going to have, and you get to kind of spread it out and not put all that risk in one bucket. You know, mm-hmm. so if you get, you see it's not going the right way, you have time to adjust. I think all that's true. Yeah, that has nothing to do with the state of the game in its development process. I think, like, I think that sounds more a function of the fact that it's really challenging and. Um, weird and sort of not accepted to patch console games at the level that you can patch and update uh, PC, Mac, Linux games, right? Because there's just not, I mean, you know, Minecraft got started on PC and Mac. It didn't get started on PlayStation 3 because there just isn't a culture there of, well, we're going to ship you a game and then maybe in a few months we'll add like these massive new sections like for free um, that you just auto update over the internet for. Like that's the thing that seems uniquely desktop gaming and not console gaming. So I think that, I guess, you know, I think all that is true that, you know, the big AAA titles, they've got like this one, you know, big marketing push they're going to do. Your launch, you know, week is critical. I think it's all true. And then on, you know, the desktop side, you can sort of like build something up and like, hey, we're going to release a 1.0 and then we're going to add some new features in a few months and some other features in a few months. But to me, that doesn't like, that doesn't necessitate, well, we have to release the game before it's done. Like, couldn't you just release your 1.0 
and then a few months later have like a 1.1 that adds a bunch of new features but the 1.0 was still a playable enjoyable game that was relatively bug free like i don't understand why you have to release early to get all the benefits you described well can you can you radically change the way the game works after 1.0 right if you're if you're an alpha like right now kerbal could why maybe there's to be a cultural shift for that to be possible but as of today i don't think it would be acceptable i don't think it would be i mean would it be call it 2.0 well yeah i mean i just i don't think it sounds like it would be more effort than you would have expended anyway to add that feature i don't know maybe not maybe by the time 1.0 ships the architecture of the game has been calcified to the point where you can't add the features you want but i don't know just just the whole thing sounds like it's just mostly about having more constant interaction with your player base not necessarily about the fact that well we released the game early therefore good i don't understand well i I think so i think part of the problem is you're trying to find like a rational way of looking at this in an area which is sort of inherently sort of human squishy perception of things you (laughs) know like i mean what but it it just feels like a trend like it feels like it's just a trend for the sake of being a trend and not a trend because there's actually a huge number of tangible benefits i guess it depends on what what you consider a trend i mean there are a very very small number of high profile cases of it Mm -hmm. but it, it constitutes incredibly vanishing minority of the actual games that are released um, it just tends to be the, I think, I think it, there's a novelty of the model, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course it's going to get more coverage because they're like, holy, well, you know, what's, what's this whole thing? You yeah, know, yeah. Well, why, how can they release alpha software and charge for it? You know, again, Minecraft, you know, kind of pioneered that mm-hmm. and it, it's something that wouldn't have existed 10 years ago. So it's sure. getting a lot of attention, but I mean, I think for the most part that the, I don't know if it directly addresses the, the, the point you're making, but the idea is that if you go out and you say, I'm going to buy the new Batman Arkham game, mm-hmm. it's $50, completely unacceptable if it's still in a work in progress versus Minecraft, maybe the space space is different because of the buying level, but Minecraft in 2011, it was like $12, $10 or whatever. And people got the number of hours they got out of that $10. Me right. in particular, it's probably the most valuable $10 I have ever spent <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know there's so many different like variables that go into the equation, but I think ultimately the idea is that it, it's not, I don't know if it's a trend in the sense that we're going to see more and more of this over time, I think there's there's some percentage, and it used to be zero, right? And now it's two or, or yeah. something. You know? So maybe what I mean by a trend, like I don't think we'll probably ever see EA do this, but I do think that you know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I can write games. I'm gonna whip up the game, you know. And well, you know, all these cool indie games that I enjoy did alphas where they charge money for them, so I'm gonna do that too. Like I think it's gonna be that kind of trend where it's like people who are writing their first indie game are just going to do what the sort of big name indies are doing. (laughs) The biggest of the small fish are doing, you know, I think it's, I think it probably is a trend in that way. I mean, that's, I mean, steam has a whole section of the store called green light, Light. which is exactly what this is, which are people put unfinished games on green light. And they hope that enough people upvote them so that steam will accept them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to like, they don't get any money from that. Like they just basically get to be on steam with an unfinished game. Yeah. And so then I guess now there's just, pressure to finish the game or i guess you can charge money when you're finally on steam because you're charging money for stuff so well, i don't know but i just i feel like the indie games sort of scene feels like it's going more and more towards get your game out as soon as possible regardless of like what state it is in and i just don't like that doesn't sound great to me i would rather pay money for games that are finished than not finished well, i guess that's my thing I, I think i think at least some of the cases that we're we're talking about like green light games mm-hmm. and stuff like that is um there are people that have full-time jobs and they can't afford to like quit for two years and work on their game. No, it so, yeah, makes sense. Which is just a, a you know a pragmatic aspect of it, which is that well, if I do some you know prototype of mm-hmm. this thing and put it out, do people like it? If so, and they're willing to give me some money, I can keep working on it. Right. 
Yeah, well, it's one thing for Greenlight games that's, that are free. I think it's another thing to pay $25 for a game which is not worth $25 now. And maybe it will be worth $25 in the future, yeah. depending on which which of the you know features they pick on their very long feature list you know, and they go forward. Uh, but it doesn't give me a great feeling having spent $25 on something that was not $25 worth of game. Yeah, you're like taking a bet, right? It's like, maybe, basically, maybe, it's like, yeah, it's like you're going to the casino. You're like, I'm going to put $25 down on this game, and I'm going to roll the dice. And maybe most of the time it comes up that it is an entertaining game. But maybe not. You know, you're sort of like, or it's like an investment. You know, it's like I'm going to put $25 in now, and maybe it'll turn into a game that, you know, is a $40 value worth of entertainment. Or it could turn into nothing. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It does feel like you're gambling. It does seem odd to charge so much for alpha software. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the uh, (laughs) ode to alpha software. Take your seats, take your seats. <laughs> Show will start shortly. <laughs> um, okay. I'm pretty sure this was, I forgot to look it up, but I'm pretty sure this was one of their Amnesia Fortnite games. Do you know what that means? So they do, they're actually doing it right now. It's a... No, it's not. Is this the Amnesia Fortnite 2012 prototype? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. They, they, but right they, had a they had a prototype and they started over. So like they, okay. oh yeah they use they use it as a starting point but then they start over again yeah so the the amnesia, amnesia Fortnite thing is it's just like game jam or pretty much but inside the company and then people oh, okay. people get to you know external people get mm. to vote on it that's cool and this year they have Pendleton Ward actually doing like the running the the game Who? the Adventure Time guy oh okay welcome to Low Earth Orbit episode and that is really high okay, okay let's turn it down. This guy, I think his name's Alan Pike. He runs slash possibly founded Steam Clock Software. They do a couple different like iOS apps, I think. Um, but anyway, I guess he just started a podcast about video games, and I guess was uh, in his blog post introducing it. Sort of was talking about how I guess their company is working on podcast production tools. Oh. Like, and so part of their reason for starting the show is to like start like dog fooding their podcast producing software it's like that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh can you hand me sorry i know you're just handing stuff left and right yes that one and then my i'll grab that one just okay enough handing stuff <laughs> god got so awkward I, I just well i knew it was one of them i started grabbing. I was like bar i'm gonna be right between his legs if i grab that one so i'm not gonna do yeah, that i appreciate that i'm gonna edit that out also <laughs> <laughs> uh also glad you did not spit water on all of us take all over <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in the what, what do you call the opposite of after dark the uh before the dawn or <laughs> whatever that is that's what we're in right now uh i'll now read to you the source code for yes. <laughs> and you can imagine in your mind what the gameplay would be like God. uh amazing uh okay i'll do the bumper first this week on <laughs> i must said this week on space space nine <laughs> We review lower orbit. It's very confusing. <laughs> this week on Low Earth Orbit, we review Space Base DF9. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna so, I'm gonna have to email Blue Technical Support and ask them to twiddle the bits on my microphone so we can use more. Than twiddle one. my GUID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
this let, let me let me first i'm gonna try to guess what you might think about this this is, so, <laughs> <referring> to, <laughs> is this a new segment on the show? What would Steve say? Scott attempts to guess what Steve will review this. Um, okay. Did we cover everything? Yeah, there's no spoilers. Well, I did get killed by Killbots. That, in a sense, is a spoiler. I didn't know if there was more coming. No, that was, no. Okay, okay, okay.